Welcome back to Bricks and Clicks. The wheel keeps turning around and around again and again. That's why it's called the wheel. And just like a wheel on a bicycle, motorcycle, or car, there are different spokes to the wheel. This spoke is all about planning in the annual planning cycle. Johnny and Colin are going to be talking about that because they are in the thick of it right now. Johnny, Colin, welcome back to your podcast, Bricks and Clicks. And shout out to everyone who hit subscribe on Apple at the grocery store. Wow, Lucas, you nailed that one. That was quite the intro. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about account planning. I know Colin is too. It's always the most intense part of the year. And as you mentioned, we are just kicking that off right now with a lot of clients. So the next three months is the planning season. Hey, let me ask a question before we we get into it from Noob Corner over here. So we're recording this end of April right now. So first part of Q2. Are you planning for the rest of this year, the rest of this year into next year? What time frame are you looking at as you do the account planning? What do, I guess not a fiscal year, but uh, a planned out year. What what are the time frames that you're typically looking at? Usually you want your next year plan set by like Q4. It's when the review process happens internally. And so Q2 is if, if you were to take, if you were to break into quarters, second quarter is really where you do your learnings likely. So the yep. last podcast, we talked about learnings that would happen like now-ish or you could start it now. Q3 is like the planning happens. So you're going to get like real down and dirty into the details setting things up for the next fiscal year. And then Q4 is usually when those need to be submitted so that um, leadership teams and boards can approve and augment and, and set the plan moving into the year. So mm. this is a perfect timing to like getting into planning. I'm deep in the planning with one brand that I work on now, but they have a shifted fiscal calendar. So their calendar actually starts in like the calendar Q4. So we're a quarter ahead there. Which is yeah. good in that you... When you go into plan for everyone else, at least you've done one session. So you're a little bit warmed up. Yeah. They're not all happening at the same time. When all of our clients are the ones that like one of us manages are on the same fiscal, it gets real stressful because <laughs> everyone's planning at the same time. So it's actually nice to have some <laughs> weird fiscals in there because then it sprinkles it through the year. Right now is about the time where you're planning how to do planning. It's getting that all set up, getting the logistics set up, who's going to be when, when are the sessions going to happen and. That's what yeah. we're really talking about right now from the planning To borrow a, a culinary term, almost like your mise en place, just to, to get started, get everything that you need ready. So when it's, it's go time, it's there. You're not trying to find data, not trying to bring people in who, who need to be there. Also getting time on calendars is important, right? Because the summer break, people are on vacations. It's really important yeah. to get that on as soon as possible because it's really important. Like you can't, you need to make this a priority for the entire team. So making sure, hey, you're going to be, your planning session is going to be in July. Okay, let's get that on the calendar now. So we can work around people's vacations. What does it mean? What is account planning? To me, account planning is where you really get to work as an organization with the field and headquarters to take those learnings and that national, the maps we were talking about in the prior episode and start building the plan for each customer. And it's really that, that intersection of the sales managers. They know everything about their customer, what's possible, what their customer wants, what's important to them as for their buyers. What does headquarters want from a performance perspective, from a P&L perspective, from a strategy perspective? How does that come together so you can start trying to make as many people as happy as possible and really drive the outcomes that you're looking for? So to me, that's mm -hmm. the one big thing about account planning, what you're trying to accomplish. What do you like to see in account planning or what are you looking for? For that, it's important maybe to draw a distinction between the account planning that we're, well, a couple of different ways you could think about account planning. And a lot of organizations already have a planning process, but it's more of like a top-down target setting process than a yeah. bottoms up like development of strategy. So account planning might mean to you, and hopefully we'll shift that thinking today, but it might just mean 
I'm going to give a target to each account. I'm going to say, we're going to, we're going to grow 20% and here's how much each of your customers needs to grow. And great. We did a plan and now go do it. And then here's your 15% trade rate. Like you're just giving yeah. that constant trade rate or have you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really top down. Like I need you to go do this, go do it and yeah. get it done. You could argue that it's technically account planning, but I think there's what we're advocating for today is a more detailed, more thorough, uh, more comprehensive process that will lead to better outcomes or is designed to lead to better outcomes. Yeah. It gives you the, that's the bottoms up version to get to those numbers, right? Or what is yeah. possible or what are the drivers? So there we're really working, as you said, working with the sales managers to first of all, say, okay, and you mentioned this, like what's possible at your account? For next year what do we want to go do how much of that is possible in the next year and then developing really talking about how we're going to do it and making sure that the sales team and the organization has the tools necessary to get the things done that is being asked of them so developing a toolkit part of that toolkit is, is the big levers big tools in that toolkit would be like distribution and how much we can pay for it pricing that we want to go after on the everyday basis, as well as promotional plans. So frequencies, depths, allowances, and then other investments with customers. So it's, it's setting up the plan, all of the detailed planning of what you're going to do next year. And that in the sessions, you're not only saying, here's what I want to go do. People are challenging assumptions. Okay, well, yeah. could we get more? Or will the buyer actually do this thing we want them to do? So there's a lot of kicking the tires here. It's a things. brainstorming session too. Mm -hmm. People bring different ideas and this yeah. is what I'd like to go do and why that might not be possible. So it's supposed to be very collaborative. That's the intention, right? Whenever we're kicking it off, I, I always try and remind people, like, we want your crazy ideas. Bring up the ideas that you think are just like a little bit too far. If you could do crazy things, what would they be? And then let's see like, hey, can we do these or not? And that's the beautiful thing about these sessions is you then get to, to run the scenario and say, hey, what does that look like from a PL perspective? What's the mm -hmm. ROI on that crazy event? And then maybe the initial idea is that we're losing money on that. We're, if we executed that way, we would have a negative 15% ROI. But now what we can do is then say, would need to be true to make it break even if that was our objective. And you can go back and forth and see, hey, is that possible? So we can say, yes, we'd love to do a BOGO, but it's got to be at this, at this funding level, not the full penny for penny or whatever that could be. And so hopefully you can find a happy median there. There's so many benefits for the different parts of the organization in this. One, one great benefit for the sales managers is that they can ask for the funds or the tools that they need to do things now before budgets are set. If there's some crazy ask for a program, but they're going to be able to double the business because of it by leveraging that with a buyer, asking for it now before a budget is set is great because then you can take it to finance and be like, hey, let's put this in the plan. And then it's not an overspend. Yeah. If we get halfway in the year and ask that same question, okay, well now we have to go like scraping dollars, be like, ah, can we find that money? Can I even bring this to finance? Or are they going to be like incremental funding at this point of the year? You're crazy. So it's getting all of, yeah, I got to say the same word again, but getting all those tools together to build up the toolbox for the year. And then finance also doesn't have to deal with incremental funding requests later because those are usually not super fun. So Paul, let's talk about an actual planning session. So an account planning session. Who's there? Who's in the room? What does that look like? Let's start with who's in the room. Minimally, the sales manager. So the, like the sales, the, the account manager on the account you're planning. If there's a director, probably the director or VP level above them. And the role there, everyone's playing a different role. So the account manager is really the subject matter expert. Yes. It's expected that they come in and they know what their buyer wants and that they have an idea of what they want to go do for that customer to grow the business. That higher level, they're the person they report to is there to give some more oversight, like more direction 
of course. Yep. They've probably done this more times, so they can provide a lot of expertise on what has worked in the past. And then also to have a view to the higher level strategy. Also to push a little bit, right? Hey, could we do this? Could we get a little more? Those are good questions. Often the head of sales is there, depending on the size of the organization. If you were like a really big organization and, and the head of sales is spread thin, they might not be in every session, but they'll drop into some or, or get the recap, come in at the end for a recap. But if you're a smaller organization, the head of sales probably there as well. You need someone to facilitate the session. And so that is Omnium's role in the organizations we work with is not only to the findings and insights and experience from other brands, but also to actually facilitate. So you need a file or a template or something that you can use to actually do this work and someone that can run uh, on the fly calculations to say like, okay, can we do that or not? Does it make sense? I think that's the minimal team. Now you can expand it. Where would you go next for expanding? If you're going to invite more people, who would be next, Johnny? I like to have some sort of sales finance, if you have that, I'm not sure, a lot of organizations don't have that, but it's always nice to have that sales finance experience in there. So someone who knows sales, but also can speak to the numbers and the profitability around trade spend and ROIs, that's always a really important thing. Someone who maybe has a dotted line of sale reports into finance. I think that that's a nice add. That might be the uh, customer marketing manager as well, if you have a customer marketing function. Yeah, for sure. It can be that as well. So the customer marketing can bring the what brands trying to do from a strategy perspective, it's important to have that. It's also sometimes nice to have brand in there. If you want to have them see what's happening with their brand, how we're taking the strategy that they've developed and we're tailoring it to Walmart, Kroger, Wegmans. So those are nice ads. Uh, one other really nice, if you're a broker, if you have brokers, which I'm sure a lot of you do, it's actually bringing the broker for that customer into the call as well so that they can a, bring their knowledge and their experience, but also they can see how the plan was developed. So that when they go and present it with you, they have confidence in the knowledge. But yeah, I helped build that. One benefit that we see a lot from the sessions is actually educational. Yeah. So not only do we leave the session with the plan and people know what they're going to do, but questions come up. And it's usually not a unique question that another account manager has not asked before. So we want to know like, hey, can we, should we take price down? And, and then you start to see how the numbers work and then account manager agrees, okay, that's a bad idea. Then when they're asked from the buyer, hey, what if we took price down? They know what those numbers look like. They can intelligently speak to what the impact would be. And then it just brings that higher level of understanding and, and a lot of confidence when they're speaking to the buyers. That brings up a good point in terms of the account plan that you developed. You're not just building it out from our perspective or from the manufacturer's perspective. You're also building out what does the look like from the retailer's perspective? So what is their dollars going to do with this plan? What's their mm -hmm. profitability? Is this going to drive volume or a revenue or profit for them so that you can use that to help sell in the plan when the sales manager goes uh, and presents it. You've done planning, you've gone through the planning session call. What does an output look like? What's an output uh, of an account plan? Yeah, the output is, call these like your marching orders. Yeah, so your guidebook. Your, yeah, here are the things I need to do. It would come with distribution targets being the most important. What are the yep. items that I need to increase distribution on? Or what are the items that need to be swapped? Like manufacturer discos, this item's gonna be swapped for this item. How much you are approved to spend for those things. And then your promotional plan. So what is your approved promotional plan for that customer? It's really all the things that you would wanna hand off to a broker to say, go do this. Yeah. And then later when you check in the year, the question is, did you do those things you were supposed to do? So it not only is, it sets the direction and it can also be used as a tracking tool to make sure that the team is executing what they said they were gonna execute. Yeah, or making the attempt to execute it. I think that's an important piece where you've developed this plan and we're going to go after six items and we presented six items, but only two got accepted. 
Now that's okay. It's hard. You're not going to hold it accountable to getting all six in. So you need to manage that in terms of your plans. Sometimes it's just the retailer just says, no, you know what? I'm not going to run those promotions. I don't want to do that or, or what have you. But the key is you can now track against that. So you know how the plan was built and said, hey, the plan was built on 12 weeks of promotions at Kroger. And we we're only able to sell in eight. Now, you know, hey, we're short, we're missing incremental volume because of that frequency. So that's right. a, a really nice, another benefit that you get to track about what's, why are we missing plan? Why are we beating plan by customer, by product? One other person that I just thought, um, if you were inviting more people, someone that can be helpful to bring in, not necessarily for the whole session, maybe at the end, sometimes for yeah. all of it though, is your, if you have someone over shopper marketing, often these budgets like trade and shopper marketing are sometimes together, sometimes they're separate. Sometimes there's some cross pollination between them. It can be really good to have that shopper person there so that they know what we're trying to do with the account. Because our, my point of view on shopper marketing is that it's there to support the sales objectives. Yeah. So we invest money in shopper with a customer. That's some, that's a gift we're giving to a customer because we're trying to incentivize something. So you've got this plan, you finish it up, you do this for all your, say, call it your top 20 customers, this very detailed account plan. Sales team now has their marching orders to go and present what they're going to go present. What else is that benefit here, Colin, after you've done the planning? What's that wrap-up phase? What is that called? We think of that as the account planning roll-up. And this mm -hmm. is the re reporting back up the organization as what went on and what are the expected outcomes of that. Often, like when we have a tops-down plan, it's we want to get to these numbers and here are some strategies to get there. When we do the roll up, we can actually say, okay, we talked to everyone. Now we had these strategies mm -hmm. at the account level. When we tried to push these down at the account level, here is the output of that. So we're doing these strategies and we expect it to drive this many dollars and we expect it to cost this much. And so then instead of it just being a desire or a hope from the finance or um, commercialization or sales team, it's actually like, no, we, we have people signed up to do these things. We're going to go try and execute this plan. Yeah. Here's how we're going to do it. And here's what we think the impact will be. It makes it very but tangible. It's not just a hope anymore. It highlights too any risks and opportunities. It gives you that opportunity to say to headquarters, to leadership, here's the plan we've developed and here are some risks. Here's some watch outs and the reasons why and what that could look like from a volume and trade and profit perspective. And here's some opportunities. So these opportunities haven't been baked into this plan, but if we get some good luck or some good fortune or our team was just selling way above how we would expect then we could exceed the plan. And here's what that looks like. And so it allows finance and leadership to decide what they want to bake in or not into their plan. Because yeah. we could be calling, yeah, we're with our expected plan, we're $10 million short of what you were hoping for. Now, if you wanted to build that extra $10 million, here's what needs is needed to be true or the investment that's going to be required. And so it really allows for those informed conversations from a sales perspective. There's also one other benefit that comes to mind that's not so much just about the output of account planning, but it's kind of one of those bonus things that happens when you do account planning. And that is that people may, so the directors or head of sales, they get to see all of the different things going on at different accounts. And you start to see trends when you look at the kind of finer grain detail in each account that maybe are not apparent at the national level. So an example of this would be, you start to see a new size or format perform in specific mm. accounts. Mm -hmm. And so now you start to be like, Ooh, okay. I see that like this item is starting to perform well at this type of account. And then you go plan another account and you're like, wow, it's happening here too. And you plan another account and you're like, wow, it's happening here too. And so when you get to see, when you look at each account in detail, maybe each account manager knew this, but they didn't know it was happening everywhere else. 
And so now you start to see like, ah, this is a real trend and this is something we can leverage. And you start to build that into your next year strategy or um, new items or flavors that are developing and have become trends. So I've often coming out of account planning sessions, there's one or two themes that emerge. And instead of having to like wait a whole year to, for these things to show up in the data, you get ahead of it. And so you can actually build strategies around it. And you're often then earlier to pick up on trends than you would have otherwise been. Yeah, really good, really good call. Because you're in the details. Like we're talking SKU level, looking at all the numbers, looking at what's happening from a velocity and ACV and promotion and pricing perspective. So you see a lot. Yeah. So these are, yeah, these are intense sessions. It's a lot of hard work, but it's so valuable. Yeah. So make sure you budget the proper amount of time for it. This is one piece of the year where you don't want to skimp and go short on it. So really give it the top 10 customers. If you can do it, give it the adequate time, one or two customers a day, and really go into the details and ask the hard questions and run different scenarios. And you're going to build a really nice plan that you're going to go and execute in the following year. And that is our next part of the wheel, actually, is the execute yeah. portion. That And that uh, is what loops us back around to measure. So it's... So measure, learn, plan, execute. We said a lot about planning and we'll definitely be coming back to uh, touch base on execute in the future. Thank you for listening, everyone. Make sure you're subscribed now or there will be executions later. That's what the card says. I'm like Ron Burgundy. If you put it in front of me, I will read it. Don't think it meant to come out that way. Either way, subscribe if you want to take all these plans and start executing next week on Bricks and Clicks. That's what I want.